0: Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. I'm back, I'm back. My endless summer has ended, and I want to let everyone know I truly enjoyed myself in Europe. And I just want to give kudos and a thank you to my producer, Rob, here, who's in studio with me, for holding down the fort, if you will, and replaying some of my segments while I was gone. So thank you so much for that, Rob. Anytime. And, uh, you know, we're back here. Now it's already October, and this is a special month because today we have a very amazing show, and we're going to hear from... A blast from the past, a, a gem of a song that many of us in this area know and hold dearly in our hearts. Let's hear that gem of a song. Well, Rob and I are jamming here in the studio because in 1966, Question Mark and the Mysterians were riding the top of the rock and roll world with their number one hit, 96 Tears. It was a moment in time when the dreams of five young Mexican-Americans became a reality. The Supremes, the Four Tops, even the Monkees, all had number one hits leading up to October 29, 1966, when Question Mark and the Mysterians put Saginaw on the map. Bobby Balderrama, Robert Martinez, Eddie Serrato, Frank Rodriguez, Larry Borjas, all Mysterians, and then there was the Enigma, Question Mark. For Latinos in our community there is a great pride knowing this was local talent who shot to international stardom the group made appearances on american bandstand five times and where the action is musical based television variety shows created by the late dick clark the farfisa organ riff by 13 year old little frank rodriguez is instantly recognized whenever the song is played on oldie stations across the country They are considered the greatest garage band, and it's heartwarming for local fans, including myself, knowing that the garage was right here in Saginaw, Michigan. Today, I have the one and only Question Mark of Question Mark and the Mysterians as we celebrate, get this, the 55th anniversary of when they had the number one song in America. Welcome back, Question Mark 2, mi gente on air. And I say welcome back because... You and I haven't talked in a while, and it's been at least probably a good two years. So I just want to say welcome back into uh, my realm, my life, and thank you for being on Mi Gente On Air. Remember, Gary, you were born on the week we recorded 96 Tears. Yeah, can you believe that? Well, you know, Q, I, I got to, I, and I call you Q, and, and I, I'm really uh, thankful that I can call you that because not everybody can. But, you know, we've been friends for over 25 years now, and I know you have tons of stories, but I want to make sure people know that you and I are great friends, and I just want to congratulate you on the feat that you accomplished 55 years ago. I want to start with asking, why do you feel 96 Tears has had such a staying power as a great song, even today when we hear it? You just want to dance and you want to celebrate. You know, it's a generational song. And what I mean by that is that in mid Michigan here, and I'm sure around the world, we either have lived during that time, because my producer Rob just says he's old enough to remember the song and it evokes a lot of memories. Or, you know, like myself, we grew up with the song later and generations that followed knew the importance, its importance in musical history. So I want to know from you, Q. Why do you feel that it has had such staying power?
1: The reason is because, well, everything that I really write has pro- very profound meaning. Every thought of mine is important, okay? And it is what it is. You don't have to get an award. It's already been a gold record plan. Whatever you want to put on it, it already is because that's the way I write, profound. Well... We had a party, Alice at 18, we were with SRC, Scott Richardson case, right, at his place in Ann Arbor, right, what well, Alice came and all that kind of stuff, and I talked I talk like it is on every subject, every subject, and I said, Alice, uh-huh, you know my 18 is better than yours.
0: Uh-huh. Wait a minute, Q, you're talking about Alice Cooper? So what? <laughs> okay, but listen, I don't want to know about Alice Cooper, I want to know about Question Mark and the Mysterians. So let's talk about how the band actually started. In
1: 1962.
0: Wow. 62, huh? Yeah. So listen, and you've probably told this story hundreds of times in all these years. Tell my listeners how the band started and what was the genesis of 96 Tears. And let, Let me start also with asking you how did you guys actually come together, the the five of you that came together? I know that originally it was Larry Borjas, correct, and yourself and Bobby Balderrama. Okay.
1: Let's get one thing straight. <laughs> We've been Americanized, so it's Larry Borges. Okay. Robert Martinez. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bobby yeah. Balderrama.
0: Balderrama. I like saying it that way, though, because it sounds much more beautiful.
1: Well, yeah, but that's why we were Americanized, because they were so hard to pronounce. You
0: know? <laughs> true, but listen, true. You know, I talk about every subject, everything,
1: so I'm just bringing awareness, okay?
0: Yeah.
1: I'm going to tell the whole story. People want already to already make a movie and all that kind of stuff. I told you a lot about it before, already. But you know what? We want, we want, like I said, I'm doing my Broadway play three years ago, right? I was going to start last year in a small theater in Colorado, right? It's called 96 Tears with a question mark. And here's the premise is now. A young girl from the Detroit Free Press, well, she called me up. This is the first assignment for the Sunday paper, Detroit Free Press. She called me up. She said, question mark, I want to do the story about 96 Tears. There's been so many different stories about it on Google and everywhere that people talk about it. the truth part now I probably played that fiction of character under right there but anyways I read this a long time ago Google there was a guy said he never heard so many different versions of a one
0: song 96 tears which is true okay so I did
1: this Broadway play because instead of doing so many interviews I want to do a play where everybody could hear from state to state city to city instead of every newspaper, I got an audience, and I bring it to life, 96 tiers. I'm ready to produce it, okay? I just need money, okay? You get some, a small uh, play, you know, play uh, theaters like that. We start out that way, okay? But here's the thing now. And so I'm telling her the story, and her name is Maria Sanchez. I want to use a Mexican girl, because Mexicans are not getting the roles they should be getting. They're all Cubans, okay? a lot of these people on the news and all that stuff yeah they all got mexican names and spanish names but i looked them all up they're all cuban finally world station msnbc has one mexican dude
0: i want to bring my people mexican back into the picture mi gente
1: you can do that to get people to write not latinos not hispanic mexican people
0: Well, you know what? You talk about you being born, right? So let's go back to when you were born and you were in, your mother was pregnant and she was in Vassar, Michigan. Tell me about that story. Because you, t- you told me recently a really good story about uh, your your father wearing sunglasses as well. Well, yeah. Well, I don't
1: know. It was somewhere, I don't know where it was, but it was on the road in Vassar. I was born on a country road. We're migrant workers. You know, we migrate all the time back and forth, like people from Mexico. Well, Mexico, yeah, and then to Texas, and then, you know, wherever you pick, right? California, wherever, you know, migrant workers, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, anyways, so we're up in, uh, you know, Michigan, and we're picking and all that kind of stuff, right? Well, apparently my mom got pregnant, right? And what do you do? Oh, my God. Where do we have the baby or whatever? I mean, this is way back, right? And things like that. So I mean, just to hear what did they do and all that stuff, you know? Well, that's <laughs> part of life. But anyway, so they're going to hitchhike and go to the nearest hospital because she's going to have a baby. Well, did she? They, they didn't make it. My grandmother and my dad. Okay, but well, they didn't make it. on the side of the road. Then she started having her baby, right? And. My dad was wearing sunglasses and all that stuff. See, I'm making the movie, and, you know, I'm the executive producer. I'm telling like it is so nobody else can put anything else. It's as exciting as it is by itself, okay? You don't have to write anything to make it more exciting, okay? So I'm the executive producer. So anybody got money out there, I'm ready, okay? But here's the thing. So once I started coming out and all that kind of stuff, my dad sees it as a boy, right, in slow motion, right? Like, I, I got everything lined up. I'm a director, producer, all that kind of stuff, writer. Okay, and uh, all of a sudden, in slow motion, he throws his hand up in the air and he hits his sunglasses, and they keep in slow motion roll down, and they land on, on my face, and I go, Wink. wow, I feel good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> only you q only you
1: <laughs> I start, i'm kicking my legs right uh-huh well remember there's a lot to my story okay before that i lived many different lives i've always been famous we're not going to go there i've always been a famous person i've always started out as in poverty okay remember that and i know some of these lives that i live
0: well, okay, but I want, I want to hear how you actually got together with the guys. And I know, but you want to know this is how I started. So then they take me to the hospital.
1: This is the movie, remember? Duh. And anyway, and I'm still kicking my legs, and i was singing, but it's screaming, right? But I'm singing, right? And then guess what? The doctor spiked me in my booty, and he said, quit dancing like that. Well, remember, you said that. When I, my parents were going to live music, well, I'm doing live music. Duh. You know there's a connection, you know what I'm saying? I got rhythm in my body, (laughs) that's how it all started. I was never influenced by anybody, nobody. I was there before rock and roll, I was doing the jitterbug and all that stuff. My only influence in my environment was being Catholic, the Oregon, the South Oregon, right? Then going after that, being raised in a neighborhood by colored people, right? When well, we went right to the icing parlor, right next door to it, there was a Baptist church. Boy, oh, we stood on the outside. I mean, they had the tambourine. They were clapping their hands. They were stomping their feet. And then the next influence, my mom took me to see God with the was doing it a little kid. The only thing about remember that was that, you know, that music, terrace theme, the orchestra. Those are my three elements of music. Nothing else, employees.
0: Yes. Do you remember the excitement of when '96 Tears started really playing on the radio stations and rising up the charts? Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And
0: because you you were weren't you riding somewhere? I remember you telling me years ago you guys were riding somewhere in Saginaw when you heard it on, I believe it was WSAM.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was the first time nobody. Well, <laughs> let's put it this way: nobody liked Ninety Six Tears. Okay, nobody. You're talking about the band members. I'm talking about the radio stations. Okay. Nobody. There's a long story now. Like I said, you want to hear Ninety Six Tears' story, not what before. What I went through to promote it, because nobody wanted to play it. And then somebody said, WSAM, they play anything from 8 to 12. Remember, I said nobody wanted to play the song. Even though we've been playing for four years, to College, you know, all the teen clubs. Then when it came, see, that's another story. This is about 96 years anniversary, not what happened before. And then what I had to go through, because I knew it was a million seller. I knew what it was. I was trying to explain all my songs are. And because what happened in the music industry, I knew somebody went up to number 22. Billboard said this. On all five singles, I got all these charts, What they said, here's uh, here's question marks, next million seller. I need somebody. And you know why I didn't go only up to number 22? Because Lily Gonzalez and Neil Bogart went after the money. They didn't care about the group, but we still continue, you know? like I said I got a very interesting story
0: Okay well let's hear about 96 tears and how it came to be the number one song in the land
1: Well like I said nobody wanted to play the song right At that point uh, me and my purposes, we write many we got a, the radio kids this is that time period when the romance, see, the romance of everything in life has been disappearing. One of the ones that disappeared really quick was the romance between the teenagers, the records, and the DJ. That's gone. But that was a time when that Tom Shannon, CKLW, he's in, in Buffalo. He played 96 tears in a row many times. That's when the DJ used to play one song over and over, the romance. But here's what happened now, right? So nobody wanted it, and we were playing for a teen club. So nobody wanted to play it. So we went to a small community. We played there. We had 750 copies. We sold 25 copies. Then I told our fans, call the radio stations, request 96 tears Because see, at that time, they requested, they you they, they sent postcards, and they read the postcards. And they requested the song. What I did, I got 100 postcards, three sets. I went to Flint, Michigan, Midland, Saginaw, Bay City, Like I said, I knew the business, and I know how to market. So that different days, I went to those days, and then when certain DJs, they would read read the postcard. They came from different areas, and all of a sudden, people start the kids start noticing that they wanted to hear ninety six tears too. How do you think the record got started?
0: So you're saying by. Sending postcards. That was kind of like the beginning to get the radio DJs uh, excited about the song and start playing it.
1: But that, like I said, that was the rate. That was the romance about. That's why we made a movie. Me and my Susie Martin. Yeah. uh, But she was a DJ when she was twelve years old in Florida, and she went through the whole thing. Twelve years old cassettes,
0: CDs, everything. She saw the whole movement. Well that's really an incredible story because I mean you know back in 1966 there was no social media there was uh, it's a different whole different time so I mean that, that's really an incredible story to get the song so it gets it starts going on WSAM and it starts going across the country what were your thoughts at that time as it started its uh, uh, you know rise up the charts well,
1: okay but what happened now like I said I knew how to market. And you have to hit the major city in every market. And what's the biggest city in Michigan? Detroit. You can have regional hits, like Flint, whatever, in any any state. But you need that, like Chicago, WLS, C-K-O-N-W, right? You need the main station in those states to start it going. Well, here's what I did. Jerry Patlow, he's still around, right? He used to bring bands up here. And sometimes they brought Wooly Bully at the band Canyon. We were playing. Santa jam. And he signed. I had, I had an accident. I was driving, and they went off the road in the wintertime. Right? And I broke my wrist. He signed my autograph in 65. Guess what? 56, we're doing concerts. He remember us. How do you like that one? Okay. So there's, yeah. But here's the thing. Jerry Patler will bring these. Remember, nobody wanted to play the song. So I said, you play this and you take it to, you know, CKLW and I'll make you my manager. Then I took 300 copies of 96 tiers on the Pagogo label to Amy Distributor. And I don't know what happened to them. After that, I never knew until 1999 when I, because Jerry Patlow still books, well, at that time, I don't know what he's doing now. I mean, she's still around. But he's the one that told me what happened. He took the record two times, Shannon. But here's what happened. Now I know how it happened. He took it. But he never became my manager because they told him people got in the way and said, move aside. Well, I didn't know that until he told me. But here's now here's what happened. All of a sudden, in cash. Somebody told me, there's, a, an order for, there's an order book, CKLWA. There's an order book, 15,000 copies of 96 tiers under the Paviljo label. That's when everything, every company, RCA, Roulette, Capitol, Mercury, everybody wanted that
0: song. So it blew think. up. That's when it blew up, huh? Yep. All right, Q, well, listen, we're going to go into commercial real quick, and we'll come right back with the infamous Enigma, question mark of question mark and the Mysterians. This is Mihinta On Air on WSGW. You're listening to Be Hinte On Air on WSGW. They call this they welcome back, Tuesday. welcome back. And there you have Question Mark with the Midnight Hour way back in 1966. And the voice has continued all these years. And we have them today. On mi gente on air and it's so good to hear from you q and i want to tell our listeners that back in oh, ni- 1995 after the death of the singer selena and i started mi gente magazine i remember asking in my office well shoot whatever happened to question mark and the mysterians and rudy lavario i i think is a friend of yours and he listened to that Question and got on the phone and called your manager, Laverne. And the next thing I knew, you were walking in the Mihente office in the old Ipple building in Old Town Saginaw, 1996. Do you remember that cue? Yes, I do. <laughs> you walked in and you were wearing a fur. I remember you wearing a fur and your cowboy hat. And I was like, Oh boy, this is going to be good. And we had a, a quick interview there that lasted a quick interview for. Question mark is two hours, and it lasted and blossomed into a friendship that we've had for over twenty-five years. What do you have to say about that?
1: Okay, well, I'm glad you said that. We recorded Story Monday at twelve o'clock midnight in New York City, so I'm glad you know we when we talked about that and what was so unusual about the song. I write songs all the time, but see, Bobby, see, Bobby. And everybody else listened to the radio, I never listened to the radio, never. American Bandstand was my forte of music because I wanted to be a dancer at American Bandstand. That's another story in my story. But Bobby said, we're recording the album, right? 96 years album. And he said, "Question Mark. Let's do Stormy Monday, come on, let's Was in it, even in the.
0: these guys how old were you all at that time
1: 62 bobby balled around we didn't look at 80 we didn't look at nothing he was i just found this out he was 11 years old
0: <laughs> in 62 when you guys started he was 11 wow
1: See, age doesn't back in it everyone 65 frankie rodriguez was 13 yeah and he yeah. turned 14, when you know, in 66 when we recorded 90, but he's still being 13. He's just coming into a new age. I don't care about age, you know. Music doesn't have any age, okay, but yeah. But when you look back at it, (laughs) 11
0: years old. (laughs) That's incredible. That really is incredible. I mean, here you guys are migrant, uh, sons of migrant workers in the mid-Michigan area, Bay City, Vassar, Saginaw, and you have this musical talent that starts out, as they said uh, in a garage and you are known as the greatest garage band ever and 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 that is really something because you know in 1966 you're at the start in the heyday of rock and roll what do you feel about that
1: well yeah but no see when we got first interviews the album cover down to Greenwich and all that kind of stuff but I didn't know where it was but I know now right to Greenwich right, and all that kind of stuff
0: Greenwich Village in New York City correct
1: the reporter, everybody, right? And um, anyway, the reporter first said this. Are you guys punk? And I said, oh, no, no. Don't talk about that. Don't even say it because be-. You know what punk meant, down Who's and all that kind of stuff? Right. I said, no, no, no.
0: Yeah, and you were singing too many teardrops for one heart to be crying. Tell me about that. How did that come about, that whole uh, ill love, if you would? Well, I never
1: explained my song, and it's a good thing because many people have used 96 tears in many different ways. Yes, That's what I write my songs, at least with five different meanings, okay? Five different meanings, however you take it. That's up to you. But I never write personally. They just come to me. You know what I'm saying?
0: It's hard, in a way, to chronalize all these events, these things that have happened with this song, with your career. But I I do want to mention to our listeners that in, in 2014, Bay City Mayor Christopher Shannon declared 96 Tears as the city's official rock and roll song, mostly because the song was actually recorded in a home studio in Bay City. Do you remember that?
1: Very much. Now remember, okay, you know we didn't tell that part of the story. Little Frank comes into band in, in July, 1965. So we start practicing in Bay City. We were practicing the Bobby's Dorama in Ann Arbor in the garage. We got photos, right? But now Little Frank's 13 and school's starting, so we go over there. We start practicing at his house, duplex house, new neighborhood and all that kind of stuff they're doing by State Park. Okay? So then we start doing the music there. You know what I'm saying? So then remember in uh, we in sixty six we recorded I'll be back and are you for real? Eddie Torado. Knew he wasn't in the band yet, but he knew a Mexican dude from the Detroit area. So we went down to Detroit, recorded these two songs, original songs, right? And Two weeks later, the guy got shot in the head. So we're left with a demo, okay? This is February the 14th, 1966. And so it's always been my saying, Question Marking Mysterious just can't
0: got drafted into the Vietnam War, right? thing you want But listen, that you're you're telling me here today that you guys came up with 96 Tears, this classic gem of a song, and in one night, right? Wow! No, That's, but here's the thing: and, and little Frank played that farfisa, dun, 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 and and that just came out of uh, like nowhere. And then you remembered it that you had actually somehow written that in
1: 1960. Here's, here's how I remembered it: a long time ago. When I used to go to the record shop, and I never mentioned anything or so places and all that stuff, because I represent everybody, any artist, any band, singer, anything. Where they start, where they start, we all start from one place. That's the most important thing. I used to go to the record shop in downtown Saginaw. I to, uh, no, I used to go to record shop, right? And I used to sing, and I used to dance, and I had one second. I was at the other side of the counter, you know, when they had the 45s on the wall hanging, right? Mm Mm-hmm. side. Uh, I, I don't say it but I'm just I know
0: but it. I can I can say it the west side <laughs>
1: well, but there's east side and west side they're, they're not the same thing remember we live And he sat me down and I said, I want to do uh, how to play the music in my head, right? So he said, okay, let's start out this way. See, people don't know the story. There's a story to 96. This is what my story is about, my Broadway play. So people can see the play. And boys, when I, this play, I'll describe it before we end because this is an interesting play like none other. But anyway, so he takes me down. Well, we got to start from the beginning chopstick, that, 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 right? And then then Mary had a little lamb. That's why you hear Mary had a little lamb and I need somebody. And I said, No, I want to know how to do the music in my head. So he said, Sing me one of your songs. You know what I sang? Too many teardrops. For what hurt? To be crying. And mel- when I heard that melody, when I heard that music, wow. And this is before I wanted to I want what she wants. I said that's what I want. That's that movie. I want what you do. Or whatever that movie is, right? Tom Hanks or whatever it is. That's what I wanted. And he says, well, I tell you what. I don't got a penny in my pocket. Come back every week for 10 weeks and I'll learn you how to play the music in my head. I mean, in your head. I started walking back home. I started singing. See, I remember the melody. I sang it and sang it. Years later, all of a sudden, I'm in the group. Years later, all of a sudden, we got to record a song. And that night, when I heard that melody
0: from Little Frank. So question mark, wait, hold on right there. Are you saying that question marks 96 tears was recorded in a one take? Yeah. Oh my God. That is incredible. That is like, that is incredible. I mean, that's quite a feat. So that, that's, that's it folks. 96 tears. You heard it from the master here. One take. Question mark in the Mysterians, 96 tears. That's that's just incredible. Well, listen, I got to ask you, on February of 2020, uh, the Saginaw City Council, with Mayor Floyd Clark then, gave recognition and honor to celebrate the, the band's accomplishment. And that was only, what, just before COVID, we went into COVID. mm mm-hmm. Do you remember that when we were there at the City Council Chambers? I do. And what did you say to the audience then, I remember vividly, about rock and roll?
1: Rock and roll. <laughs> oh, I'll try to say, well, the main thing uh, when I inter- interview you, no matter what's happened in your life, just rock and
0: roll, baby. And that's what we have to do, right? After this whole 19 months of COVID and, and, and everything that we've gone through as a people, as a nation, as a world. You heard it from Q. Just keep rock and roll, baby, right? Right. That's
1: right. Just keep on rock and rolling, baby.
0: Well, I want to also mention to my listeners that in July 4th, 1999, we're talking just before the turn of the century, I went to New York City kind of as a roadie for the band for their performance in Central Park, And, and the crowds just blew me away. I couldn't believe the excitement and being a part of that whole event with question mark and the mysterians and i gotta tell you too in in 2007 question mark and his house burned and there were many uh fundraisers and international events ra- to raise money for him and his ho- in his home to rebuild the home and i'm talking in paris london new york and, and this is a time before GoFundMe or any social media. This, this is just, it was really incredible, the love that you received from so many fans around the world. How do you feel about that with having fans across the pond as well as throughout the United States and that love that they gave to you at that dark period in your time?
1: Well, these are all stories that go from one thing. starting with 57, Right. But here's the thing about when, when you were there. And um, I've always, see, everything I say comes true. It may be a week, a year later. But I, I've always wanted to do New York City on the 4th of July. Nobody knew this. That was the week of 4th of July. I've always, time wanted to do, do something to me, the fifth single, the, the A-side, Love Me Baby Cherry July. Like the Fourth of July,
0: mm-hmm. guess what? I love that song.
1: No, but I did it.
0: Yeah, you did.
1: But nobody knew that. But I told a few people. But nobody—I didn't know when we were booking on that day it was. And I and I told people you got it on tape. I told people what I always wanted to do. Love me, baby, Jerry July on the Fourth of July, and here I am. <laughs> yeah, I remember That's that. What I'm saying. I predict a lot of things, a lot of things, okay? But we're not gonna go there either. Yeah. Now, okay, I had to make an important, and you got the tape, right, when I even said that to the audience, okay? Now, let me see, the other
0: thing that you was mentioning on, uh, what was it? About uh, Saginaw City Council giving you recognition, just like kind of the similar, where the the, the Bay City uh, oh, no, Mayor. The fire. the fire. The fire. Oh, we're talking about the fire, okay.
1: There's a of things okay but i don't want to get into that part but remember i lost four i lost four yorkies in the fire i save myself right and i say, three of my other yorkies
0: and i'm sorry let's uh let's let's move on from that question q right well listen i i want to i just want to ask you one final question here because it's important to include this in the show And I want to know what it was like on American Bandstand with Dick Clark. You had a goal in your life when you were very young to be on American Bandstand, and that came true for you. Tell me a little bit about that. I
1: wrote Dick Clark a letter. I said, you know, my goal is to go to American Bandstand to be a regular. And what I told him, I want the world to see me dance. I was this close to meeting Dick Clark, right God, how close can I be to being an American bandstand for him to see me dance? I made it to American Bandstand with 96 tears. And that's when Neil Bogart said, man, you always wanted to dance on bandstand. Why don't you get out there and dance? I said, no. I'm a singer now. I'm an entertainer. Luke Luke Frank and Frank Lugo got out there and danced. We can never find that tape. Yeah, that was...
0: Well, that's right that's quite a quite a story question mark and uh you know i i I don't know if i've ever thanked you for allowing mi gente to be a part of your story and you know part of the excitement on so many occasions of being with the band performances interviews events throughout these last 25 years so i want to thank you personally here on this show and it's been a real joy for me and you, you were the first celebrity i met after starting mi gente magazine so thank you and And there you have it, our special show with question mark in celebration of the 55th anniversary of 96 Tears. That Love Gone Wrong theme song that has major international recognition. It is ranked as the number 213th song on Rolling Stone's list of 500 greatest songs of all time. It's great to be back, and thank you for listening. Until next week, I'm your host, Larry Rodarte, here on Mi Gente On Air. Hasta luego.